thank you for um, just this opportunity to focus on uh, the meaning of Christmas. This is uh, the one service, the one service in a year where we can just say we're going to look at the Christmas moment. Uh, what happened? Why is Christmas such a big deal? Um, and, um, and look at what you did. And so I, I invite you into it. I pray, Lord, that you would take this humble gymnasium and fill it with your spirit. May it be a sanctuary, a safe place for God. May you be at work in our hearts to speak to us about whatever it is you want to encourage us with. May we have ears to hear what that is and the ability to respond to whatever it is you're asking of us. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, we are... Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. We're, uh, we're there, pretty much. I mean, for some of us, we're going, man, I got three days to get everything done. And, and for my kids, they're going, I can't believe I got to wait three more days. Um, so a little bit different perspectives depending on where you're at. Um, but for us as a church, uh, this is it. This is really, I mean, we're going to have our Christmas Eve service, which is special. But it's, it's very different. It's, it's not like a Sunday service with a, a traditional message. Um, and so this is our, our last time this year, really, to look at the Christmas moment. And I chose a passage for you out of Luke 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Luke 2, verse 8. It's in your handout. Um, and I, I chose NLT, which is New Living Translation, just because uh, it's, it's easier to read for me. So... Um, I'm going to start in verse 8. That night... There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angels reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will, be, that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David. And so um, Luke 2 starts with uh, Mary and Joseph making their journey, not finding room at the end, having to deliver uh, the Christ child in a manger. And now we see uh, heaven beginning to open up and announce to other people something special is going on. So let's take a look at what happens here. Uh, verse 12, and you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in snugly, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel uh, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and, say, and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. So whenever a host of heavenly angels shows up at your door and announces something, a good response is to say, maybe we should listen. And they, they go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us. They hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to him about this child. 
And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Uh, there is a, a lot of wisdom there about um, when God tells us things, how we process it and think about it and meditate it on. And if this message was about Mary, I would go there and talk about that verse in particular. But Mary was done last week, so we're going to keep moving. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. And it was, it was just as the angel had told them. Okay, so this is really the, the Christmas message. And um, I want to approach it from a little bit different perspective than, um, than maybe I, I have in the past. There's a wonderful thing about Scripture is every time you look at it, you kind of see something new and, it, and a little bit different angle. Um, Christmas isn't usually a time where you can get a message where you, you pull out something nobody's ever seen before. Uh, most of us have heard the Christmas story. Most of us kind of, kind of know it or maybe we grew up with it. Um, it's not going to be earth-shattering, but there are always nuggets uh, of uh, things that the, the Lord wants to show us if we'll take a look each year. And so as I pondered this passage and I, I thought about ways that we can embrace Christ in Christmas, because that's the, the theme of the message, is how do we, it's been embracing Christmas the whole time, but now how do we embrace the, the moment? How do we embrace Christ? How do, the Christ in Christmas, what what ways can we go about this? And I, I, I picked this passage because of the shepherds and their response. And so I want to look at this kind of from the angle of the shepherds about how they went about embracing this moment. Because this is the moment it happened. Now we just embrace, we remember what happened and we embrace that. But this is the actual moment it happens. And they did things that I believe are principles that will help us uh, embrace the moment even in the coming year. And um, so let's take a look. Uh, number one, I, I, I did uh, firstly think about this reflection is that um, part of embracing Christ in Christmas is celebration. It's, uh, there's, I mean, you look at the passage um, starting in verse 10, uh, well, even a little bit before, uh, starting in the end of verse 9, the, the, the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you great joy to all people. And it goes on to say, suddenly the angel was joined by other hosts of heaven, and uh, this party breaks out. And they're singing, glory to God in the heaven and, and peace to those on earth with whom God is pleased. And so there's really like this, um, uh, this celebration going on. And the, the angels are reminding the shepherds, don't be afraid. This is a great thing that's happening, and we're having a party. We're having a party in heaven, and we want you to join us. And we're going to sing, and we're going to dance, and we're going to have a good time. Um, but you need to, to join us. And, and so I was reminded... That Christmas really is supposed to be a joyful time, right? This is, this is good news of great joy. Good news, the gospel. Good news of great joy. And um, 
you know, if you're under the age of 15, that's probably not too difficult uh, at Christmas time. For some of us over the years, maybe it's gotten a little tougher. Uh, maybe we're in a stage of life where um, it's going to be really hard to celebrate this Christmas because we're feeling loss, uh, we're feeling pain, we're feeling stressed, uh, life has, has been kind of beaten at us, nibbling at the seams, and I think the Christmas moment is, part of it is, is designed to remind us that there is always a reason to be joyful. There's always a reason to celebrate, because I'm telling you what, before this moment, the world is hopeless. Man, and I mean mankind, uh, men and women, had we've gone our own way. God had designed us to be in relationship with him, a face-to-face relationship with him, and we blew that. And we've decided we were going to do this thing on our own. And at that point in time, from what Bible scholars have called the fall, from that point in time until this moment, there is no hope for the world. Man can't save himself. We can never be good enough to earn our way into God's uh, eternal presence. There's nothing we can do. No good work, uh, no praise. No honoring God. There's nothing we can do to earn our way back into God's good graces. We blew it. We blew it, and the world was broken, and it still is. And it's in desperate need of a Savior. And we couldn't provide the Savior ourselves. Only God could do that. And you know what? He did. That's the point. That's what the angels are screaming about here. They're screaming, look, this is good news. Part of that reflection was celebrating the Christ and Christmas, I put in parentheses, God is with us. That's the, the phrase, Emmanuel. And you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. God did not give up on us. He could have. He didn't have to come in the form of a man, uh, live a sinless life, and then take the punishment of our, our sin upon himself on the cross. And that's what we do at Easter. But Christmas reminds us that God said, you know what? I'm going to enter into the story. I am going to be part of the solution. I am going to bring healing and wholeness to a broken situation. And I'm going to try to fix this mess we're in. And the angels come just... I mean, it's the biggest party you've ever seen. I mean, there's a host of heaven singing, dancing, and praising, and they're going, this is a great thing. Now, nothing's really happened. Jesus hasn't done anything yet. Um, But the point is God is saying, I'm going to try to fix this thing. I'm not done with you. There is hope. This is good news of great joy for all people. That's us, all people, great joy. For all people, because God has not abandoned us in our brokenness. He sent, what? A Savior, a Messiah. Messiah being uh, also Christos, Christ. uh, The coming King. the The promised King who would set things right. A Savior. Somebody who will save us from the brokenness and and the... uh, 
the flaws of the world. And so it's a reason to be joyful. For nothing, I mean, if we could get ourselves around that thought. Now, I know some of us aren't there. Some of us are like, okay, this is a story. I've heard this story. Others of us have experienced this story in such a way that we go, I know that's real. God has revealed it to me in my soul. I'm not denying that, but maybe, um, maybe the way I felt about it 20 years ago isn't the same way I feel about it now. Now it's just kind of been routine. And part of the way we embrace Christ in Christmas is to remind ourselves this is such a great thing we need to remember. It's supposed to bring joy. We need to remember the Christmas moment. So however we, whatever we do on, on Christmas, and believe me, I got young kids, so the packages are going to come like, you know, a, a five o'clock knock on the door probably. Hey, can we open gifts? Um, so I know, I know what Christmas is like, and, and I love that part of it. But we also need to remind ourselves that we need to revisit the moment and remind ourselves of what God did. Remind us that God is with us, that he has brought a solution. He has brought a savior. And this is such a great thing that there's no reason we should have anything less than a joyful spirit around Christmas, no matter what we're going through. And I know some of us are going through some tough things. And I don't want to diminish that. And I don't want to say those problems aren't real. What I'm saying is the fact that God would enter into our human condition and our brokenness is bigger, is bigger than our problems. And we need to remind, if, if there's no other time of year, we need to remind ourselves about how big this is. It's Christmas. And it should bring us joy. It should bring us happiness because we we're reminded we're not alone. God's with us. God's with us and he's for us and he did not abandon us. He sent his only son. And so that's, that's the first thing I wanted to look at. Good tidings of great joy for all people. It's not a one-time event. This is every year you can remind yourself and bring back that joy. Um, the announcement of good news, it includes you and I. God has not abandoned us in our human mess. He did not leave us hopeless. There is hope and there is a celebration going on. And it wasn't, the, it wasn't the shepherd's first response to just join in with the party. Their first response was like, wow, this is a little crazy. I'm not really sure what to, how to respond. I, I imagine I, if I saw heavenly beings angelic beings, I, I would be a little fearful as well. Um, I'm guessing, but probably. And um, they're saying, you know what, we want you to join the party. If you understand what it's about, come celebrate, come celebrate. So to the best of our abilities, knowing that all of us are not in the, in the same place, uh, part, I think part of this season, embracing Christ and Christmas, is going to be, can we celebrate? Can we have joy around the Christ and Christmas? Can that overriding truth bring a celebration to our homes, to our lives, and to us? And can we, can we make an attempt to do that? So 
that, that's my first reflection. I think that uh, the shepherds did it well. Uh, it, it leads me to my second point, and I'll tell you why they did it well. Um, my second reflection is that part of embracing Christ in Christmas is setting aside everything else to focus on him. That's why I think they did it well. Shepherds are renowned for being, uh, if nothing else, diligent. Um, almost um, uh, overly diligent about their flocks. They would sleep in the doorway of the, of the, of the, of the pens so that if a wolf or a bear showed up, the bear or the wolf had to go through them. They would sleep on their flock at times. So the bear or the wolf had to eat them before it ate, ate the sheep. I mean, these people, these are not like people who abandon their post. It, 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 these, are, these are people who take their, their, their role very, very seriously. And um, the care of that one sheep was of primary importance in their life. And so for them to, now I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if, if God left a few angels behind to watch the flocks or they called in um, Group B and left them there to shepherd the flock, or if God said, just go, well, they'll be fine. I don't know. <laughs> but they left. They did. They got up and went. I mean, it's a huge deal. This is, not, this is not small potatoes for them. This never happens. They don't leave their sheep behind. And so, to me, I'm going, wow. I go, they really... Um, they really put everything else aside. Whatever else was going on in life, they made visiting Christ the primary important thing on that day. And I go back to what I said earlier, there's going to be a lot of things going on on Christmas Day for all of us. Somewhere in there, we need to carve out time for him. It's his birthday uh, all the presents are in wonderful, and I love them, and I love giving them. I love getting them. I love everything about presents. Um, but somewhere in the day, it is about Christ, and it's about putting aside the other things to say, I want to focus on the Christ child in this moment. I want to remember what God did, and I want to come visit the baby. And so whatever that looks like for you, now I'm speaking a little bit metaphorically, but whatever that looks like for you, you know, how can, how can we all, in, in the busyness of the day, set aside some time and allow ourselves to focus on Christ? Um, putting aside our responsibilities, putting aside the cares of the day, putting aside all the things that might distract us and coming, coming like the shepherds did, just saying, you know what? The angel said this is worth celebrating, that this is a joyful moment. I take them at their word. I'm going to come to the feet of Christ and revisit. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what that looks like because I think it's different for everyone. But I do think it's important that we find time, even if it's just a few minutes, to spend time with God on, on the day that we remind ourselves of what he did by birthing Christ. 
Thirdly, um, I think, and by the way, it, that comes from 15, verse 15 and 16, when the, when the angels had returned to heaven, shepherds said to each other, let's go to Beth Bethlehem, let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord told us about. And they hurried into the village. So um, there they saw the baby lying in the manger, okay? So uh, they dropped what they were doing. They, they listened and they came. And I think part of us embracing Christ this Christmas is going to be finding a way to come and leaving things aside to spend a, at least a few minutes focusing on Christ and coming to see what is this baby all about and reminding ourselves in the Lord that he did this. Thirdly, I do want to say that um, I believe part of embracing Christ in Christmas is, is to me, it's not just Christmas. It's not just the moment. It's, if you look at them in verse 17, it says, after seeing him, this is after seeing Christ, the baby, the shepherds began to tell everybody what happened, and they, they, they told him about the Christ child. And all who heard the, sh the shepherd's story were astonished. And in verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks. So they went back to work, but they were still having a party, glorifying and praising God, and they were still telling people what they had heard and seen. And it was just like the angel had told them. And so there's a... Uh, a final piece of this puzzle that I believe has to do with retelling the story, recounting the story. Um, for me, I know that uh, in 1994, I first went to, to church at, at Cornerstone in the Mission. Um, some of you now are going, where's that? Because this is the only church home you know. But our other site was where I first met Jesus. And I came off the streets uh, in pretty bad shape. And in 1994, I came basically out of recovery programs and um, a, a lot of messes in life and walked into that church and God began to get a hold of me. And somewhere early in 1995, I, I actually took the, the drastic step of buying a Bible. And... Um, my first Bible, and um, I bought the wrong one. <laughs> so it, it was, <laughs> I'm serious. Um, <laughs> I, I had to exchange it. It wasn't like a real Bible. Uh, I think, and, and, the, and the lady gave me too much change, and I go, is this a test with every Bible? Do you do, 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 you do this every time to see, like, if we'll, point out that you gave me too much change. But uh, I'm telling you all this to let you know that there, there, uh, there was a time in my life, even in my early 30s, where I knew nothing about God. I knew a lot more about how to cut cocaine than I knew about God. And there was not, I mean, I didn't grow up with Bible stories. I didn't own a Bible. I don't know this stuff. I don't come from the, the, that type of Christian home. Uh, so buying a Bible for me was a big deal. And when I finally got the right one um, and began to read it, um, I had a 
just put it down and, and set it aside because I started in Matthew and the first whole chapter is, is a list of names that you cannot pronounce. And so I said, well, yeah, this is going to be tough. They want me to read the Bible and I can it's, oof. So um, I, I'm being honest. Somebody, so then I talk to somebody and they go, well, don't start there. Start somewhere else. Start with Mark or start with Luke. I started with Luke. Um, and I read the first, for the first time now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament are the Gospels, which means good news. It means they're the stories or the accounts of Jesus by different people who were with him. And so you've got these four separate accounts of what happened when Jesus was alive. And then you, you, know, you overlay them and you get a, a big picture. So I'm starting with Luke's account. And I'm in Luke's account, he's got the, the, this story, this, this um, uh, story of, of Christ coming. Now, I probably, I'd heard this story when I was a kid uh, in Catholic Church. I'd never read it. I didn't know where it was in the Bible, but this, so I'm, I start with Luke, and Luke 1 and 2 are, are all about Jesus' uh, birth. And there's not a lot of stuff on there besides uh, uh, Matthew. Um, there's, there's, that's the whole gist of what we get is of the, of the baby Jesus. And so I'm reading this, and I, I'm getting somewhere. Hang on. Um, I'm reading this, and, and all of a sudden... The words become, they become alive. They become real. And now I'm not reading an account or a history lesson. I'm actually having God's Spirit reveal to me that what I am taking into me is the truth. This is not history that's made up or history that might be altered or um, later on. This was God speaking to me because I had this openness to open the Bible and believe God that it was his word. He made it crystal clear to me that he was speaking to me and that this was not just words. So I, all of a sudden, now I'm I'm in. I'm, I'm like on fire, you know. Uh, I, I'm telling everybody at work, and they're going, get away from me. Get away from, <laughs> just go, oh, skips over there, go that way. Um, so I, I'm on fire. I'm telling everybody about what's going on, and I'm reading on, and I get to the, to the end, and they put them on a cross, and I'm crying because I, I'm feeling the pain. I know it's, it's real that, that he's dying for me, and so this whole, the whole scripture encounter I had once I got the right Bible was God's way of telling me about himself, of teaching me, of, of um, stirring in my soul a new truth that up until this point might have been a theory but it now is as real as, as real can be. And if you've ever been there and you just know it, when God underlines something in your heart and says it's real, you know it. 
And you don't have to argue anybody at that point. You just go, well, okay, you can think whatever you want. I know. I, I know, okay? Um, you can't take that away from me. Uh, I met the Lord in my reading time, and he made this real to me. And I went, I went, I told as many people as I could. I don't have a real evangelistic gift, so not a lot of people wanted to listen to me. That's not the point. It's still good news, and you're still supposed to proclaim it and retell it. And you know what I just did? I did. I just recounted it. I just retold my story through his story. And, and part of what Christmas is about is doing that. Whether we sit down for the first time as a family and read the, the passage we just read, Luke 2, and we read the Christmas story out loud with our family, whether we recount our own stories to ourselves or we retell the Christmas story through our own uh, experiences, however that works out, it's meant to be talked about. It's meant to be shared. It's meant... Um, well, let's look at the, the, the passage again. The, um, verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel of the Lord had said to him about the child and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. It's meant to be, it's inspire awe and wonder and astonishment. People that hear this and believe it and know it's true are changed forever in, their, in their, their way of thinking, their soul. And so part of embracing the Christ in Christmas is recounting and retelling. And I think part of it is for our own good. Now listen, I was on fire, right? Boom, I'm telling everyone I'm so happy. I got, I'm happy. If you saw the play, happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, I'm happy, happy, joy, joy. I, I'm on fire for God. I, there is, I'm just like, this is the greatest thing that happened ever. And I'm letting people know. But 20 years later, quite honestly, the freshness of that joy has, has worn down. And part of retelling, recounting, embracing Christ and Christmas and going back for these moments to remind ourselves of what Jesus did is to stir up our own soul and to remind us of what a miracle it is. This is not small. This is a big deal. There's no bigger deal in the world. God is with us. Our hopeless world has hope. A broken world has a Savior. And it came in, in a form that was unbelievably humble. The most noble being who ever lived was found in this stable, this ignominious stable. The most ignoble way that you could be probably brought into the world. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God who's going to save our souls is brought into the world this way. It's an amazing, amazing story. And part of reminding ourselves, or part of recounting, part of retelling this is to stir up the fire, to stir up the embers. And there's no better time of year to do this than, than Christmas because you're moving into a new year, a new year where you, most people make plans for change. They're going, okay, 2013, it had that 13 on it, and that's about the way it worked out. But 2014's a new year. I got another chance. 
And embracing Christ at Christmas in the right way can stir up things in our soul, spiritually, that will come alive in us and move us into the new year with momentum, that we can begin to make some changes in the new year that will carry that momentum, that joy can be stirred back up in us as we remind ourselves like we did, going back to our first love. The Bible tells you, don't forget your first love. Go back to your first love. Recount, retell, uh, remind ourselves of the miracle that Christ's birth is. Not just embrace the day by going through the motions, but embrace the day by moving in a direction that will carry momentum into the new year. This is a time to stir ourselves up. Now others of us, maybe we just need to go back and recount the story for the first time. Maybe we need to read it and ask God, make this real to me, just like you did to Pastor Skip. I want to bother people at work. Stir it up in me. Um, and maybe we start there for some of us. But for others of us, I know uh, many people have a bit of a rough year and they need some fresh start. And going back and reminding ourselves of the miracle birth of Jesus Christ is the perfect place to embrace Christ. It's a perfect way to embrace the season. It's the perfect way to embrace the end of the year as we move into a new year. And to get that momentum, it will provide. I want to remind myself of this. I want to remind my children, precious gifts that they are, that God is with us, that Emmanuel has come, and he's not abandoned us. And so some point during the day, I'm going to take some time to do that with my family. At some point during the day, I'm going to try to take some time alone to do that. Um, but I'm hoping and I'm praying that God will use it to light the fire again and to really allow me to have some spiritual momentum at the end of this year that will carry me into the new year. And that's my prayer. And so I, I, I hope it's the same prayer for all of you. I will say this. Um, there, we're going to end with a song. And the song is, is a, a star singing to a moon. Uh, I didn't pick it. All right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it is a great song. And I wish I'd picked it. But um, the star is recounting the story. The star that led the shepherds there that day that they followed is, is recounting to the moon uh, what it knows, things it's seen that we never saw. And so it's a perfect way to end. I'm going to pray. We'll have our time of giving. Um, and last, this, our last chance really here as a community to, um, I guess you got one more week. But, so you have two weeks to uh, honor God with uh, whatever he's done for you this year by giving back uh, a portion, a piece of your first fruit to him. Um, and so we'll do that. But let me, let me pray. And then we're going to have this, the ushers come, and then we'll, then, we'll, then we'll have the last song. So, Lord, I, I pray that all of us would feel your joy this Christmas, because the point of embracing Christmas is not just to do it out of a religious ritual, to just come because it's dutiful, and that's what you expect of us um, to be appeased. That's not you, Lord. 
You're inviting us into your party. You sent your angels to the shepherds that day to tell them what a big deal this is. And you wanted them to be filled with joy, and you wanted us to be filled with joy. Good news of great joy for all people, Lord. So I pray that we would be able to touch on that joy this Christmas season as we remind ourselves of what happened, as we recount and retell the story, as we spend time with others, maybe reflecting on what you've done uh, in our lives this year and what we'd like to see you do in our lives next year. However this works out, Lord, I pray the outcome would be all of us would have our fire lit again. Or for the first time, strike a match. Move in our hearts, Lord. Let us have momentum as we move through Christmas into 2014. Help us, Lord, to spiritually be ignited because of how we choose to embrace Christmas, how we choose to embrace the Christ in Christmas. May our... Um, May our effort to do this well, Lord, be met with a corresponding amount of grace from your hand so that we would really feel the joy of your presence and that it would provide momentum for us, Lord. I pray for everyone here, wherever we're at, Lord, whether we, we know that account to be real or whether we've read that account a hundred times and it's become old. May you do something new to birth something fresh in us, just like you birthed Christ 2,000 plus years ago. May this be a moment, Lord, uh, a moment. Uh, I like to call them altar moments, Lord, where you do something in our lives and we can never forget it. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.